Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score, and today's episode is presented by Head and Shoulders. Offense for great hair, defense against flakes. We have made it to the fantasy championship week. Technically, we still have Steelers-Bengals yet to be played on Monday night, so I guess some of you might be out there hoping that some of those Steelers skill position players can help you make a comeback and get into the title round here, but I appreciate you joining me as always. This week, things are going to go a little bit different. Today's show and and Monday and early in the week in general is going to be the same. We'll have the waiver wire show, the waiver wire column will go up on Monday night, And then Tuesday, I'll have my early edition of my rankings. And then on Wednesday, we'll record the Wednesday preview show. So all that will be the same. But the schedule this week changes things for me late in the week. So the NFL schedule this week, there's no Thursday nighter. We got a Friday afternoon game at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Then we have a triple header on Saturday. That starts at 1 p.m. Eastern. And then the regular Sunday, Monday slate. So content-wise for me, starting Thursday... We're going to do it just a little different. I'm going to have start, sit, stash, quit out on Thursday, which is Christmas Eve. And then I'm going to have the the next edition of my rankings. My first rankings update is going to come out later on Thursday. And then I will continue to update Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's going to be a, a very busy, very long week for me here. But that's what it's all about, right? We're at the fantasy finish here. We're trying to get that championship, get that trophy, get that belt, get that money, whatever it is for you. And like I said last week, there's not going to be a Friday live show. That's the only thing that's missing from the schedule this week. We're done for those for the year. Maybe we'll do a few of the mailbag Q&A live videos. We could do those in the offseason around free agency, around the draft and that stuff. And then hopefully we'll come back with the live videos next season. But anyway, that's the plan for this week, barring anything crazy happening. I hope you're enjoying the holidays. Even if you're not able to see your loved ones this year, we're very fortunate to have FaceTime and Zoom and all the benefits of modern technology to help us celebrate together, even if we're not actually together. And even if it is a a pandemic and it makes it harder to spend time in each other's company. But as my wife's 89 year old grandmother said recently, we were talking about not being able to be together over the holidays. And she said that one year apart isn't a big deal. And then she joked around and this was a direct quote from her. She said, it's a pandemic, suck it up. So (laughs) she's the best. And hopefully you're all set for the holidays. Hopefully you're all set for fantasy championship week and your team is ready to go here because that's what it's all about we're trying to get prepared for week 16 and we're trying to finish it off strong with a fantasy title so let's keep getting you prepared for week 16 and we'll start with the injuries and a rookie running back who might be out for the rest of the season and no I don't mean Clyde Edwards Hilaire we're going to talk about him in a second but we got to talk about the bigger fantasy producer this year and that's James Robinson he suffered an ankle injury in the fourth quarter might be a high ankle sprain and if that's the case we're probably not seeing Robinson the rest of the season which is a shame considering how awesome he's been as a rookie so you can get ready for Divina Zigbo for a sprinkling of Dario Gunbowale in that Jags backfield it's not the most exciting options I know especially against the Bears who have actually improved their run defense as the season's gone along here but Zigbo will be in that flex range this week assuming Robinson is out And yeah, we can't forget Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I know this is a big one. Suffered an injury to his leg, to his hip. I think they settled on the hip region. X-rays came back negative, but we're unlikely to see him for the rest of the year. This looked like a bad injury. Hopefully he can get back in time for the playoffs, for the Chiefs to make another run at the Super Bowl. But in the meantime, Le'Veon Bell, a fringe RB2 with 
Daryl Williams moving into that flex territory. They're going up against the Falcons this week. I've talked about it before. The Falcons run defense has been quietly strong this year, but they've shown some cracks recently. And let's face it. I mean, Mahomes is probably going to go against the Falcons and just put up four touchdowns and it's not even going to matter. But I'm only saying this because don't get overly excited about Bell. Yes, he can step in. He's going to get the volume. He looked all right this week. He could put up RB2 numbers for you, but there's still going to be a split. It's not like he's going to dominate the touches. Daryl Williams will definitely be involved there. And we saw Leonard Fournette went out and put up over 20 fantasy points against the Falcons last week. So another guy who kind of had a team give up on him, ended up somewhere else, might see Bell put up some big stats at the end of the fantasy season here and help people win a title. Stefan Diggs, he suffered a foot injury. The word out of Buffalo is that it's a minor issue, that Diggs should be okay, he should be able to play in Week 16 and beyond. Hopefully that turns out to be true, and this isn't something that pops back up or limits him in any way the rest of the season. And he was laughing and joking, and they were up big, so maybe they were just playing it safe with him. Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, they both got banged up in this game. Mostert's just been injured basically all season here, re-injured that ankle. Now you have to think that he's going to be sidelined the rest of the year. The 49ers aren't playing for anything. You got to assume that they're not going to trot Mostert back out there. Wilson also left. He had an ankle issue, had a hamstring issue. He was able to come back into the game. He scored a touchdown. Seems like he should be able to play through it, but... We might get a little Jerick McKinnon, maybe even some Tevin Coleman mixed in here with Mostert out. But if Wilson's able to continue playing, he has been the guy that's gotten the most touches after Mostert here. So he would be a guy that you could consider in that RB2 range. And Nick Mullins, their teammate, he hurt his elbow. He's probably done for the year, it looks like. And that means either Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think Jimmy's still probably doubtful to get back in there this week. But if he could get back... He would get the start. If not, it's going to be C.J. Beathard under center for that divisional matchup against the Cardinals. Derek Carr, remember, this one goes back to the Thursday game, but he injured his groin on that run near the end zone, forced him out of the contest. Reportedly, he wants to play through it, but I can't imagine that's going to happen, especially since Marcus Mariota, he didn't look terrible in that game. He looked all right, so you think the Raiders probably want to get a chance here to see what they have in Mariota and not try to rush Carr back out there and maybe have him get hurt even worse. And I know it's a small sample size, but it's not out of the question here that Mariota could do what Ryan Tannehill did to Mariota in Tennessee, and that's take over the starting job maybe long term after he gets his shot due to injury or ineffective play. We saw Tannehill pull that off, and now Tannehill looks like a great starter for the Titans. Maybe Mariota could do the same for the Raiders. Either way, you're not really trusting any Raiders other than Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs. And we should mention, I mean, Jacobs did leave at one point in that game with a knee issue, but he was able to come back. Should be fine to play in week 16 against the Dolphins, but just something to be mindful of there. Some more minor stuff. Jamal Williams of the Packers, he suffered a thigh injury. If he's unable to play through it, we could see more A.J. Dillon, but overall, It would just be good news for Aaron Jones. He had a monster game this week with Williams in and out of the lineup. So Aaron Jones could help teams to that fantasy championship like he has done many times before. Michael Gallup, he hurt his hip. 
Uh, should be ready for week 16. Jalen Rager suffered an ankle injury. I have no idea on the severity of that one. I haven't seen an update yet. I doubt you were counting on him at this point, but he has gone over 45 yards in each of the last two games with Jalen Hurts starting there, so he was getting close to being a fantasy option potentially. Traquan Smith, he's dealing with an ankle issue. Some people I know picked him up after Michael Thomas got placed on IR. Now we're going to have to wait and see if that ankle issue, if it's a bad one, if it's going to cost him some time. That wide receiver core is really falling apart in New Orleans. And then we'll be keeping an eye on Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Gibson, George Kittle, John Brown. We're trying to see if they can get cleared to play in Week 16. We should have more information on them when we record the Week 16 preview show on Wednesday. But for now, let's move on to the top waiver ads this week. And if you've got any FOB money left, you're spending it all to get the players you want this week. There is nothing to hold it back for now. I'm normally pretty aggressive on the waiver wire. I've talked about this all season long. I tend to spend my money earlier in the season. If you can get a player early in the season who you can get on your roster and can contribute for you all year, that's how you can maximize your money. So I don't normally sit on it, and therefore I don't really have that much money to spend this late in the year. But there's lots of options out there this week, whether you need to pay up, whether you're looking for somebody on the cheap, and I go over all of them in my waiver wire column, which comes out on Monday night on the score. Let's start at quarterback. There is one very obvious pickup. So he stands out way above the rest, and it's somebody that we had as the number one pickup at quarterback last week. Jalen Hurts, 39% rostered. Really just blew away even my wildest expectations this week. 338 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, another 63 yards on the ground, and another score there Over 40 fantasy points in most formats actually caused me to lose one of my semifinal matchups by three points. And it's tough. It's tough to stomach that one when Jalen Hurts scored 43.82 fantasy points in that game and you lose by just three points. Just absurd production from him. And now he gets his easiest matchup yet. He's going up against the Cowboys. So you got to get ready for Hurts to be on a ton of championship rosters this week. And he's still out there in over 60% of leagues. And if he is, you are spending everything to get him on your roster. If Hertz isn't an option, there's a few other guys here. We got Baker Mayfield, 47% rostered. He gets the Jets this week. And yeah, I know they look like world beaters against the Rams, but Baker's been rolling lately. At least 258 passing yards, multiple touchdowns in each of his last four games. And since week 12, actually, Baker has the second most fantasy points among quarterbacks. So... That passing attack, they've really found their groove after they had all those games that were affected by the weather and they really didn't have much success through the air during those. Well, since the weather's gotten a little better for them, all of a sudden that passing attack has come to life. So Baker definitely in play this week. Lots of other options in the column like Mitch Trubisky and Matt Stafford and Tua Tagovailoa, a bunch more as well you can go check out. But we'll keep cruising along here to running backs. It's a bit tricky at the top of the running back section because we have a few guys who could be in line for more work, but their situations aren't totally clear here. So Tony Pollard, 46% rostered, playing the Eagles this week. If you started Pollard in week 15, you are definitely playing in the championship round, I would say, because Zeke, a late scratch right before the game, Pollard just dominated snaps, 132 yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns, six catches, and The uncertainty here comes from Zeke's status because we don't know whether Zeke is going to be able to play. He didn't practice last week, so that would maybe put him on the doubtful side here, but it's also Zeke. He's going to try to play, and last week they were making it seem like he was still going to play in that game. 
even without practicing. So it's a tough one to pay attention to, but if Zeke remains out, Pollard is right up there in that low-end RB1 range for Week 16. If Zeke plays, then both guys end up being low-end RB2s, flex, and really, Pollard's the healthier back right now, and because of that, he looks like the better back at the moment. So you almost want Zeke to sit out, and that way you could play Pollard and he could have a big impact in this one because if Zeke's on your roster, it's probably a chance that you didn't make the fantasy playoffs even, so... The people with Pollard want to see him get all the opportunity that he can in Week 16. We also have to talk about Le'Veon Bell, who I mentioned earlier, 54% rostered, so he's not available in most leagues, but CH injured, Bell is the favorite to lead that backfield now, and he proved he can do it, right? 15 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown on Sunday, had another 14 yards and one reception. Darrell Williams going to continue to be involved. I have to say that this is not going to be like Pollard had, where he just dominated touches. We're not going to see Bell do that, but Bell is going to get the most work in that backfield in an offense that we know is going to be able to put up points. He's going to have scoring opportunities. He's a guy you can definitely use this week. Some other guys that we've talked about in recent weeks who you might want to start this week, Jeff Wilson, 56% rostered. If he's healthy, if Mostert's out, he'll be an RB2 flex against the Cardinals. Salvin Ahmed, 34% rostered. If Miles Gaskin doesn't get back, then Ahmed, he returned to a lead role on Sunday. So if Gaskin isn't out there, we know that Ahmed's going to get all the opportunity he can handle. And he's facing the Raiders, so the matchup is a good one. But right now, if I had to guess at Gaskin's availability, I think that he has a good shot to be back this week. So just be mindful of that. And then there's plenty of other backs in the column, but I want to go back and touch on Divine Ozigbo. People aren't talking that much about this James Robinson injury or about Ozigbo. And I get it. That's probably going to happen more in the next few days. We tend to get our waiver wire stuff out early. We try to get it all out on Monday so you can get a head start there. But Ozigbo, 0% rostered. So like I said... There's a lot of leagues where if you don't have any FOB money, you're looking for somebody a little under the radar, you could go get a Zigbo and throw him in your lineup if you need somebody at running back. At receiver, Emmanuel Sanders should be rostered everywhere. He's the number one wideout in New Orleans now with Michael Thomas on IR, with Traquan Smith banged up. And Sanders has continued to produce in games where Breeze is under center. He added four for 76 on Sunday. Now he gets the Vikings top five in fantasy points allowed to receivers. So it's a very nice matchup. Sanders is a wide receiver too in that one. After him, there's just a bunch of guys in the wide receiver three flex kind of mix like Russell Gage. He's got at least 50 yards in or a touchdown in four of his last five games since that Falcons buy. And he's gone five for 82 and five for 68 and a score in the last two games here with Julio Jones out. So you really like him. Kiki Cutie, I keep mentioning him. I feel like I've mentioned him for a bunch of episodes now, but his last three stat lines since he moved into a regular role in that offense, eight for 141, three for 24 and a touchdown, five for 53 and a touchdown. He's a solid play. You can also get a look at Tim Patrick and Sammy Watkins and Alan Lazard and uh, Nelson Aguilar, Richard Higgins, Chad Hansen, and they're kind of in a similar range from like wide receiver 30 to wide receiver 50 or so. The upside is there, but so is a pretty low floor. And we finally saw Tim Patrick's floor this week. It was doing so well before that. I wouldn't be afraid to go back to him. We saw him produce for a long time before he put up that bad game this week. So if you're picking from that group, 
Patrick would still be the one that I'd be playing right now. Uh, Keep an eye out for John Brown too. He might be able to get back this week and he's a solid start in that unstoppable Bills offense. And come on, I had to say something. You got to, I keep bringing it up here. It just keeps sneaking out, but I'm very excited about this Bills team. It was bad for so long, right? It just feels good to have your franchise being run the right way, a front office that knows what they're doing. It wasn't that long ago that I feel like the Bills were the team that had a losing record, that were winning games late in the season and screwing over their draft order. And that's an apology to all the Jets fans out there. I know it really hurts today that you might have lost out on Trevor Lawrence just when you thought things couldn't get worse. But I know what that feels like and better days are probably ahead for the Jets fans. And right now, Bills fans, we're enjoying those better days right now. All right, on to tight ends. Kind of the same old mixed bag here. I mean, Tyler Higby, he's rostered in half a leagues. Gerald Everett got a little nicked up this week, and Higby capitalized four for 67 in a touchdown in that loss to the Jets. So he's on the streaming radar in week 16. He'll be playing the Seahawks. Austin Hooper, he gets that Jets matchup next week. So if you're looking to capitalize, he would be the guy you could play. He's available in over half a leagues. Jordan Reed isn't putting up big yardage, very touchdown dependent, but he scored touchdowns in two of his last three games, so he's a guy you could look at. Cole Komet had a quieter day this week, just two targets, but his snaps, they stayed right up there. He is the lead tight end in Chicago, and he gets a top 10 easy matchup with the Jaguars coming this week, so you like him. I'd be willing to take my chances. If those other guys aren't available, Komet's a guy that you could take a shot on, and if you need to go even deeper at tight end or at any of these positions... Check out my waiver wire column, last one of the year. It goes up on Monday over on the score. And that is all for today's show. I'll be back on Wednesday to preview the week 16 games. But until then, big thanks to my wife's grandmother for bringing that great advice I mentioned earlier. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight.